Welcome to the Audio and Visual Podcast. My name is Jay Bigham, and I'm your host. Audio and Visual is a podcast that hopes to bring you into the artist's studio, whether that be a large commercial studio space or an extra bedroom in a condo, to help you get to know the struggles, triumphs, and day-to-day lives of people creating visual arts. Initially, the artists featured will be from my circle of friends and acquaintances, which are mostly Edmonton and Alberta-based, but I do have quite a few folks I know through social media spread out all over the world. I hope to feature some of them through the magic of the Skype interview. The artists you will hear, for the most part, will be people you've probably never heard of, but you may be familiar with some of their work. This isn't a podcast that will be featuring famous artists. Rather, it's focused on those artists that live and work right beside you. Today's guest is Edmonton-based artist and illustrator Jason Blower. We met in Jason's second-floor garage studio on a Monday in May. Let's get right to it. Let's talk about your style. What exactly do you do? What do I do? Um, I'm definitely on a lesser fine art scale than I am on more of a graphic illustration style. So kind of like a Mary Blair, um, Maurice Sack, or um, any of the mid-century modern kind of illustrators. I've always been very drawn to like graphic and shape and how that kind of interplays. Um, and I've created my own like color language too from like pre-mixing colors so I have a like a very unique color palette that I work from and I kind of extend it from time to time but I don't like really bounce like all over the place for color palettes wise. Cool. What is your subject matter? What 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 is the things that you really like to to work with? Um, I like doing a lot. I'm mostly known for doing kind of city landmarks so particularly like in Edmonton I have probably about 50 different prints that are of Edmonton landmarks or scenery. Um, and then I have ones of Toronto, Vancouver, and Calgary as well. Um, and even uh, I do have a couple series of like road trips to the mountains. So very kind of Canadiana, very, in some regards, an Albertan flavor of, of the city landmarks and like the area around it and the landscapes around it. Sure. Definitely things that I think that are recognizable and things that people will you know, gravitate or, you know, have an emotional response to, familiarity, nostalgia, sure, that they sure. might want to have something like that in their house. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the things when I first saw your, your work, I thought, I, in fact, I thought you were a screen printer because there's, to me, there's a lot of that similarity um, in terms of you use a lot of co- solid color blocks. And, it, and so how did you come up with that particular... Um, style like what is your training uh is it just organic where do i come from yeah uh yeah so um i've always been a big fan of comics when i was a kid and growing up and telling stories with with that sort of stuff and in in high school um i didn't really have the greatest art mentoring um in terms of like learning um technical skills while still kind of maybe doing subject matter that i like doing um, I then did a education degree at the U of A with an art major because I wanted to kind of like a learn more art, but then also then have the ability to teach it where I lacked in it. Um, and after a couple of years not getting a teaching position, um, I ended up feeling like the best mode that I could do is like why not just go do it professionally. 
And so I enrolled at ACAD in Calgary and I did an illustration degree there because I definitely felt that I was looking at it as a way of doing it as a, uh, commercially and more, more, um, more career orientated rather than an expression orientated kind of career. You wanted to make some money doing it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I also wanted it like to have a purpse, sure, a use, sure. right? That, that sort of thing. And I've always like being comics and that sort of stuff lends itself more than wanting to be a finite fine art painter sure. um, from my interests. And so I enrolled in there and I finished that in 2008. And then I came back to Edmonton and started working for a couple years in construction that I'd been doing during summers, my degrees. And, um, yeah, I was playing with all kinds of different styles and techniques. And then um, I really liked a lot of these mid-century kind of style things. And there was a couple of current artists that are at some film stu studios that I really liked, like animation studios. Sure. And so I started kind of copying them. And I, I found like I was starting to understand their language. And, um, and so that started off with uh, my first Edmonton series of landmarks. And um, I built that color palette up from the ground where I was mixing and intermixing colors together to kind of make the new colors. Um, and so eventually it's created this language that I kind of like move around in now. And, um, and that was in 2010 when I started the Edmonton series. And it's just kind of blown up from there. 2012, I kind of quit my job and went part-time at it. Um, started doing some other stuff, and then in 2014, I quit my job, and I've been doing it ever since full time. That's a, that's a challenge to yeah. do that. <laughs> in some ways, it was it was quick. If you look in the grand scheme of things, that was pretty quick going from like full time employment to like full time self employment. Um, I've had some hiccups for sure, um, but. Uh, a big thing that happened is like through my Edmonton stuff, I do classroom visits and I talk about landmarks and history and because of my stuff was very graphic, it, it relates really well for kids and helping them understanding how to draw things. Sure. So I, I still use my education degree within my drawing and then I put out a, a coloring activity book in 2012, which is called Hello Yeg and it just uses Edmonton information um, along with kind of like all my drawings and like my educational background for curriculum um, to teach kids about Edmonton. And all that comes from roots is my dad is a historian. So ah. like I, I became that unique thing. Like I can make art and I can teach and I know these things about Edmonton that just kind of put it all together. That's very cool. I, I do remember your, your Hello Yeg um, and didn't you do a passport thing? Yeah. Was yeah, so again, enga engaging kids to go out and see their community and see the different things that are out there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not a terribly hard passport. You only need five to complete it. But there's, like, um, there's city facilities to go visit. There are, um, like, sites to go see. There are um, uh, things that are just outside of the city, like just outside the city limits. So again, engaging with things that are inside your community and just outside your community. So, yeah, I thought it would be a fun thing, and you know, it's 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 humming along still. I still got lots of books that I want to sell, but <laughs> I knew I was going to be in the game for a while sure, with it. Sure, sure. Well, I, I noticed that um, a lot of your uh, 
your colors. I'm looking at your 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 palette over there. We talked about that briefly. So you actually um, will pre-mix your color palette as opposed to mixing it at the time. Like a lot of artists, you'll get your palette and you'll take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and put it together. I mean, that's what I do, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I know how it came to be. I don't, I, I think it's just because I'm, I'm anal. Like I'm just, I'm so, I've, I, I would really like to be a very loose, expressive kind of painter that way. But I, I just it I just never tend myself to be that way. So yeah, so all the color mixing started with like some paint and then I'd take that paint and mix it in with another one in a container. And it's been also allowed me to like paint something 2010 and use the same colors in 2012 and 2014. Because I work both digitally uh, on the computer, but I also work traditionally. So that graphic style has let it lended itself to a lot of different kind of abilities to work digitally or traditionally. Sure. Yeah. And I have the color palette on the computer from the original colors too, so they still all work together. Your own little Pantone book. Yeah, exactly, sure. right? And so I think by using those specific colors in addition to the style has allowed me to be like unique and um, recognizable. Certainly when people see you, are my artwork around, they like, oh, that's Jason's because it's yeah. shapes and it's those colors that they recognize. Absolutely. Well, I, my uh, my kids have a, uh, one of your, two of your prints actually oh, in, in their house and I walked in and went, oh, that's a Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and exactly. It, it's so recognizable. It really is. It's <laughs> if, if you are in this city or in this area and you see that as they may not know who you are necessarily, yeah. but you'll, they'll recognize your work for sure. I think that I, I think that's worked in my advantage on a marketing level. People know what to expect from me. Mm -hmm. Like if I go to Wacky Color Palette, they're like, uh, "This is not what <laughs> I was expecting." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, and then I started with selling postcards, and then I worked my way up into prints and to other things. Um, so that. Again, being recognizable, getting into places and homes, people are like, oh, I see that, oh, I, and then they see something similar somewhere else, and they make that connection. Sure. So. So I uh, see so you're working on a, a commission here. Yeah. Um, do you want to just talk about your commissions, your commission process, how that, that works for you? Yeah. So commissions for me are the uh, people ask me to do like family portraits. But not your standard typical like oh, I'm standing here and I'm painting you as I see you sure. sort of thing, right? I like to tell a story with it or tell their history with it. So I like to actually interview people. So I try to interview them on like what they like to do, where they like to do it, how they like to do it, what's their relationship with their kids or with each other, um, memories and things. Because the great thing about doing art or illustration is that you can put together something that doesn't actually exist. Like you can make something up, like that doesn't exist. The family's greatest hits. Right? Yeah, the greatest hits, right? Like in this one I have like ones of their dogs that had passed away a long time, his little stickers in the window, right? And these little chairs and like, he made like this cake for her on a Valentine's Day, which obviously doesn't exist now, but I can put it in a picture as it's reminiscent of that. So a lot of symbolism that you can put into it that 
it's a lot harder to do that in a single photograph, yeah, right? Sure. So, um, yeah, so I kind of interviewed them and kind of get a bunch of photo references, either from their house or from their, you know, camping trips in this exact bowl. Um, and then I start mashing it together in a sketch in how their relationship works with each other and in the space that I'm drawing. I send that off to a client. They kind of give feedback. A lot of times I don't get a ton of feedback because they're like, oh, you can draw. That's amazing, <laughs> right? Um, but sometimes I do get things kind of wrong or not quite right. So then they send that feedback and I give them another sketch. And then I go into either a digital painting or a traditional painting. And I don't sh typically show them any progress until it's done. I feel like it ruins some of the... The reveal fun. The, yeah, the, 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 the awness of it if, if I'm kind of showing them all the steps and sure. stuff. Um, but it would be nice to document that a little bit more. You're listening to Audio and Visual, the podcast about visual arts and artists. Today's guest is Edmonton-based artist and illustrator Jason Blower. For more information on Jason and to hear all our episodes, visit audioonvisual.ca. Follow us on Twitter at audioonvisual and visit facebook.com slash audioonvisual. Now back to Jason. So maybe talk about the, um, your digital work compared to your, your physical work. What, what do you use the two differently for, or do you? Um, well, when it comes to commissions, uh, traditional paintings are more expensive, I charge. Um, it's, uh, the work is, like, the concept, the work of, like, thinking of how to draw and drawing it all together is um, pretty much the same. The digital work is quicker and cleaner to paint um, because I don't have to wait things to dry, and you know, I can get in finite, more finite detail with it. Um, and so I use a Wacom Satik, uh, which is just a big monitor that you can draw right onto the screen. So it still has that kind of hand-drawn quality of it that um, you get in a traditional painting, not just mouse clicks sort of sure. idea. Yeah. Um, and because I'm using some co same color palette, it works similar. Um, and I use um, a very a ragged brush. So even there's imperfections in um, the edges of, of something drawn, even though it's not the same kind of imperfections, yeah. it lends itself to that kind of folk arty drawn kind of technique. But all in the digital space. But in a digital space. And I try to add a little textures here and there just so that it doesn't feel like too, too flat. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I've also started working on an iPad, which is great, you can kind of move around with it. Sure. Yeah. Um, it'd be fun to do some plain air painting with an iPad. But I've never gone into very good habits of sketching and painting where I go. Yeah, that that's a challenge sometimes. Just the the being present in the wherever you are is 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 good. I get generally take photos just to remind me of where I am, but I don't really sketch or draw um, in any other form. But in my studio, it's re it's really hard when like. I find like when I get outside and like I'm not in the studio, it's like, okay, I'm on non-work time, yeah. right? So you're trying to get out there and, and just enjoy the space and the time that you have. Um, granted, with today with social media, it'd be so great to be able to like slow down and take the time to like do things and take photos and express yourselves in additional ways to just showing your painting all the yeah. time. Yeah. But that's like... There's just a million things always going through one person's mind 
when you're running your own business like <laughs> yes. this that you just a mile a minute and you forget to slow down for things. Yeah, it's it's a real challenge. And um, let's speaking of that, let's talk about your. Um, uh, I know you've done some mural work too. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, being that people like locally or or, or that are having a connection, all emotional connection to the things that I make, um, that I sell, I I've had the opportunities where people have liked it, but they would like it on a more um, immersive space sort of experience, um, and it also gives me an opportunity to try things a little bit differently too. Um, so I've done a number of projects. One was a really 40 foot by 46 foot wall um, at the Shamrock Curling Club, which was um, a community built one. So I made up the plan. I kind of like ruled it out a little bit on the wall. And then the community came in and painted and filled in spaces. Oh, cool. And it was amazing. We did that whole wall, um, basic colors, and then, um, and then one big color to kind of knock out some of those shapes. Um, from 10 o'clock until 4 p.m. 40 by 46 yeah. feet. One day. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, on scaffolding <laughs> and directing people. It was it was amazing. Like, I did get to draw it the day before, but the actual painting of it took that just one day. It was amazing. Wow. I had to let go of some control, too, because, like, I like things to be just so, and people kind yeah, of... They, they wouldn't do their own thing. Yeah, and they don't have the same straight eye as maybe me sure, as well. sure. Um, I've done a mural inside like a, a lobby of a, an apartment building and then down another um, hallway into like a spillway into a back alley. Um, I did one for the city for the Jasper Ave experience, um, which was kind of neat, which was a little bit different than my typical technique because I wanted to be a little bit quicker. Um, budget dictated that. Um, yeah, and I'd love to do more. I've done some vinyl wraps in places where I've done the picture digitally on the computer and then it's been wrapped up on the wall. Sure. So that's pretty neat. I always liked installation art. Not all of it, but I liked the concept of, you know, creating a space to have and, uh, and evoke a feeling or an experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So love to do more of that. Sure. Well, and I, I can see that uh, your style, I think, really lends itself to some really large pieces simply because you can stand back and it's like a streetscape and you're just sort of immersed right in the streetscape. It'd be amazing to do augmented reality in the space. <laughs> like, it'd be so neat. But, you know, those are just more skills yeah. and more tech, technological learnings that, yeah. you know, it takes time. Hours in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, dollars in the bank account. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Um... So you've got any um, interesting projects coming up that you can talk about? You just uh... um, commercially, I don't have anything totally lined up. Uh, commercially, what I mean is like uh, freelance illustration for like companies or or that have you. Um, right now, I have a list of probably five or six commissions. So either somebody's pet or somebody's family or, or maybe somebody's cabin or something like that I'm working on. Uh, I'm working on launching a new Kickstarter. So that's how I funded the Hello Yag book. Um, and so this one is actually a camping themed one. So more Canadiana. 
and because I have my uh, going to the mountains kind of series, I'm mixing those with another painting series to make a coloring book. And so I'm working out some more of the logistics of um, not just the book, but all the kind of the giveaways that I can give with it and then the marketing around that and, you know, sitting down finding time to, you know, film a video and maybe making some dummies of the book and going out to sure. the mountains on a hike and having that there. Yeah, there's a lot of work in, involved in a Kickstarter. I'm not sure people understand that. It's there can be very little work <laughs> that can go into yeah. a Kickstarter, but that, that just, you know, reflects on either the product or or even the results of it, right? So, yeah, the more thought and planning you go behind the scenes leading up to it, um, the better your success you'll have. Sure. Like, Hello Yeg, I probably thought about that for two years. Spent a year in actually, like, collecting things ready for it. And then uh, the Kickstarter was for a month, and I spent probably about two weeks after the Kickstarter plowing through getting the book finished and ready for the publisher so that I'd have it into the publisher published in time for Christmas. Ah. Uh -huh. yeah. Right? In the holidays. Sure, sure. So, yeah, like everything takes time. There are ideas that are in my sketchbook that, you know, like I end up always having more ideas than I have time to make things, right? So... I'm always kind of like deviling back into that, checking out a sketchbook, trying to do little bits of everything as I can go. Sure. Yeah. And of course, you've got your running your your day to day business of being an artist too. Which yeah. Is, again, this is becoming a bit of a theme on this podcast is the uh, the art of uh, the business of art. The, the business, art of of business of business of art. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of uh, again, it's it, that's the first two episodes. Basically, one of the key themes was this is a lot of work. It's it's a it is an awful lot of work. Um, not only like just like the time it takes to make a painting or a picture, but like what pictures are you going to do? How big are you going to make them? How much you're going to price them at? Like, are you gonna? Can you get paid the same rate, uh, the dollar rate per hour as it takes to make the painting? Is somebody is that's going to be buying the painting? Yeah. Right? If somebody works for, you know, $30 an hour, $25 an hour or more, can you expect that as an artist? Like, will somebody that makes that money give up the same amount of money per hour to buy something? Yeah, it, that I think is one of the things that uh, almost every artist struggles with is how do you price your art? You know, it's like, what, where, where does that go? It's like, um, do you underprice it and sell it or overprice it and don't sell it? I mean, it's, it's, a real, it's a real challenge, I think, and a lot of artists struggle with it. And I think the, the reason for that is because, you know, when nobody knows you, no, like, it's not really worth anything yet, right? Once you get a little bit of name for yourself and then you're selling more of your stuff, you can make more to sell that. But then you get to a point where you can't make any more per hour than what you're selling. So you'll never make more than you have allowable hours to paint. So then you raise your price in painting. 
But that can only go so far before people are like, oh, I don't want to pay for that painting anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, people in the business are always talking about passive income. How do you make passive income? So that's income that's coming in that you don't really have to spend that much work and time for. So for me, instead of just selling originals, I went on the marketing end where I was like, okay, postcards. People like to send postcards of places. People like to send magnets of places. People like to, to buy prints instead of always original artwork, right? Um, and so I've always had those available, which per pound per pound cost less than sitting there and painting every day, sure. right? I can print off more in a day that could be sold than I can painting in a day. And so that works into it and my allowable time. So that's why my commissions are a higher price now because I between all the other things that I have to do in a day, painting more or less nowadays is a lot less of a priority than running the business. So if you want me to paint something, I gotta carve that time out. Sure, sure. Yeah. Makes, makes a lot of sense. And, and uh, you know, it's, I wish there was an easy formula to, to say, okay, this is how much this piece should be worth, but there just isn't. It's based on your own work and, and your own customers and all that kind of stuff. You're listening to Audio and Visual, the podcast about visual arts and artists. Today's guest is Edmonton-based artist and illustrator Jason Blower. For more information on Jason and to hear all our episodes, visit audioonvisual.ca. Follow us on Twitter at audioonvisual and visit facebook.com slash audioonvisual. Now back to Jason. But that's where I think, which is great, like, for doing the interviews now is, like, that ability to, to, to mingle with your own community, right? Going to Art Walk and talking to the other artists and what they're making. And you can see how much they're selling it for and ask them questions. And, and even try Art Walk, which isn't very expensive, to, nope. to try it out and see what's working, what's not. Yeah. And that's what I, before I started painting the Emmons stuff in this graphic style, I'd done the Royal Bison for a couple of years and I had different work and it wasn't really wasn't really connecting with people. Um, and as I was still evolving, I moved on to something else that kind of did work a little bit better. And so um, I've kind of abandoned or maybe shelved the other work, the other style for a while. But who knows, who knows? I might go back to it at some point. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I do know that uh, I, I really like the idea of, you know, as a, an emerging artist or an artist who doesn't sell their work much, going, even if you don't try to sell it an art walk, actually going to an art walk and seeing what sort of what the market will bear. I think that's important, you know, to when you don't have any idea what is this worth $50 or $500? Absolutely. And I, so. I think we are taught growing up and going to just, you know, regular school. Art is just expression, right? Sure, yeah. So I think sometimes people feel like that they can paint anything and be an artist and because it's their expression that everybody should want it because it's their art, it's an expression of themselves. But I don't think a lot of people relate to us, other people based on their expression per se. So I certainly, 
in, in my attitude and my approach from a more commercial mentality of this, I've always have thought, this is what I like. This is like, this has meaning to me, but does that have meaning to other people? And so that's what's a lot of times is geared what I make and what I sell. Like there's a lot of things I'd like to make that express myself a little bit more, but I don't feel like always those things will, um, will, will connect with other people. So I kind of push those in every once in a while and push that agenda every once in a while to see if it picks up and sure. then kind of adjust all yeah. the time. It's just the, how do you, how do you figure out where you sit on that spectrum? And that's, and, and, and it's by doing it. Yeah, it's, it truly is. Yeah. And, and seeing what everybody else is doing. I think it's uh, those kinds of things like Art Walk where you can go and wander around and see 450 artists in an afternoon. You can go, yeah, I, that's what I kind of do. And that's kind of what, that's a good price range or that's way too low for that quality of work. And, and all of those kinds of things as a, as a new artist, I think that's a, that's a very great idea. Yeah, I remember being at a, a market one time and there is um, uh, this pillow um, and it looked like there was a watercolor painting either done on the fabric or it was printed onto the fabric or on the other. But it was, it was, it was basically a girl playing with herself, a woman playing with herself. And I was like, I don't know if you'll sell a lot of that because I don't think that's something that a lot of people are going to want to put on their couch. couch or what have you. For that right? special customer, perhaps. But. Well, and that's, <laughs> ju that's just it. You know, I've been reading a lot of, um, well, not reading as much, but more of listening to podcasts and, and YouTube videos. And it's, and it's really kind of like, you can be that specialized, but you have to do so much work find that very niche audience of yours in order to make a living. Like you have to really, really speak to that very small sliver of an audience. And even as broad of a subject matter as Edmonton and Edmonton Landmarks is that I've done, like um, I'm not doing backstrokes in a pool of money. Like, well, like sure, it's man. still... Like, that's a very common experience for people in them to have of a million people. But even that doesn't connect with everybody either, right? So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, finding your niche or finding your thing and kind of going with it and pushing it. And, you know, it's like kneading dough, right? You just kind of yeah, flipping yeah. it and trying. And, and you got to be aware. You got to be aware of who your market is, what your, what your, uh, and you can't change too much in what you do or you'll lose your audience sure. or you can't do too much of just the same stuff all the time because then people get bored of you, right? Yeah, yeah. Very, very challenging to keep that fresh but familiar. And, and of course, in a city of a million, or even Alberta, I mean, it's still, generally speaking, a fairly small market. Um, when you, you know, look at L.A. and yeah. just there... California is bigger than the whole country. I mean, you know, in terms of market size, and then you've got the market of people who want to buy original art, and then you've got the people who want to buy art that's kind of your style, and then they, there's the, the much smaller group that want to buy your art. So it really is a... 
uh, just an interesting um, challenge to, to figure out where you want to be and how to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think more, like with, with it, I've had that advantage of having one foot in a, we'll, we'll call it a very general term, artist world, and then one foot in a very kind of commercial appeal uh, feel too, where I've done commercial work, I've done work for companies, I've done work for community leagues, you know, um, I've, you know, on a more fine arty side, I've made my paintings and I've had shows and sold my paintings. Um, I've made books, I'm an educator, I go to schools and I do like a classroom talk on education about art. Um, I just finished an artist in residence at a school where I did art and taught. Um, and I'd love to kind of keep working and building my ideas into like bigger and bigger things. Um, I'd love to do children's books and tell stories. And I started doing a comic, which is online, um, to tell those ideas and those stories. And, and what's your comic on? It's called Wild Springs. Okay. And you can find it on Webtoons, which is an online comic reader. Okay. Um, I am now seven, uh, seven episodes into the comic. I do it once a month. Oh, very cool. Um, again, it was something that I needed to pick away at, right? I have an idea. I can't sit down and take two months off and just plow through it and do it. So I'm like, once a month, I'll put it out. I'll collect it together and see what happens with sure. it, right? Sure. Um, all those little baby steps. You gotta do them. No, yeah. no, no uh, shortcuts, I don't think. Um, so, talking about showing your work, um, do you have work in galleries now? Where, where can people find your work? Um, good question. I don't really think I have anywhere where it's kind of in... Uh, I don't have any coffee shops. I don't have any... Um, gallery showing anything right now um the, the only kind of galleries that i've had is more of like a consignment sort of situation mm -hmm. right um where i put it up for a month or what have sure. you um i'd love to do more of a fine art kind of take on that but it's I, again i do a lot of different things so it's hard to do any one thing Anyone really thing, sure. great so uh <laughs> like i can't prepare for a show in november it's just too much of a risk for me right now right. right like you can spend six months painting and i've done this before i did it once before like i was like oh i'll make paintings for a show like one specific show and i spent probably about two months painting a bunch of different things i took it there and i sold one yeah right um to me that's a lot more risk than you know marketing on facebook in those two months um preparing some prints of those things and having stuff on a website and that sort of thing. Um, but if I got to the point where I was selling enough prints and making enough things that I don't feel like that urgency to yeah, that, get that, that next thing ready, um, just to explore would be really nice again, to okay. play sure. a bit more than... Sure. Do you ever find that, that the, the, the play part of it is a... It's a little bit lacking in... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like we were saying, like, I don't get to sketch and draw, doodle. Like, those are when there's no risk and it's carefree and it's da-da-da. I, 
I don't feel like I have the time and I don't schedule the time. Um, just because there's a lot of pressure on making enough money from what you're doing. Yeah, as a full-time artist. It's a, uh, yeah, I mean, not everybody experiences that. Some people just hit a really good nerve with people and they can sell a lot of stuff. But I had like a, a really high trajectory coming into 2015. And certainly the recession and things hit and hurt people. But, you know, I plateaued and then I kind of like I've kind of crashed a little bit. So I'm kind of learning that, like, you know, not every trajectory is always a constant up. There's like that kind of lull that you have to work into and and find a rhythm in what you make and in finding that audience and yeah, kind of continuing on. For sure. So. for sure. So um, what's up? For the future for you, are you just gonna you're just continuing on, keeping on, keeping on, as they say? Uh keep it on, keep it on. Um trying to evolve, right? Um, like I've been doing a, uh, more writing. So writing for my comic. I also have another kind of um intellectual properties that I would love to do and play with and come up with. Um I'd love to get a, an art agent, an illustration agent. That'd be great in help having somebody help find the work which might also get me higher paying work or, sure. or negotiate a higher amount so that then that might relieve a few things too give me some time to explore with other things um but yeah i just have a list of projects that i'm always kind of working on i have a calendar i'd love to put out of alberta i've got about four of the 12 done but those are, again, paintings that I'd have to work on for a while until I have enough of them to make sure. a calendar. Yeah. Um, doing the comic. Um, storytelling. I miss, as a kid, it was all about storytelling things, so I try and spend a little bit more time on, on making those. Yeah, that right. gives you a, a good uh, idea, a spectrum of, of what you do. What yeah, I do. Absolutely. And how so. I do it. Yeah, it's yeah. I also one of the things I'm finding with these these interviews is that um, it's not hard to get people to talk. Even people who claim to be shy or you know uh, being an introvert as artist, uh, they're not once you get them talking because they're so passionate about what they do. And I think that is and it's like, hey, listen to me. I have a story to tell, and you know that's what I hope this podcast is doing is letting people you know, understand the stories behind all of the work that, that people see and what, what it takes to be an artist. So For sure. Yeah, and knowing your own story and getting and saying it and getting it out helps to reinforce your own philosophies and your own yeah. ideas and what you're doing. Um, I find that even as an extroverted kind of guy that I am, like being at a show and talking to people and saying a lot of the same things about your artwork like it gets, it's exhausting, yeah. right? And and you know you want to tell your story, but like you also want to make sales. So how do you say things? <laughs> you know, at the same time, right? Yeah. You can be at Art Walk and just sit there hiding behind and not talk or engage anybody. Like that's the other thing I think as a painter too. That's gonna be hard because you can be sitting there and painting as many beautiful pictures that are there, but if you don't put them out there and you don't talk to people when you do have them out there to engage them and tell your story, you're going to find like somebody that's a terrible or not as good of an artist, but has that ability to like 
put themselves in that position to talk and it's, engage It's about people. the story. Yeah, it, it totally really is. is. I mean, it's it's uh, music is the same way. You know, it isn't it isn't about talent in a lot of ways. It's about the the story behind it. There's luck involved too, obviously, um, but mostly it's just hard work and making sure that you're out there. It's it's about telling the stories. The 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 art tells its own story, but people want to know the story behind the artist that made that bit. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and having a clear voice also helps. Yeah, right? like having something to say, to a degree, with your art makes a difference. Yeah, because you just make cool stuff for cool sake. <laughs> it's a little bit. Hey, that's cool. It's not what as is deep. It? Yeah, it's just like okay, that's cool, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you can see that uh, um, that your your work really does. Uh, intentionally mean things you know you can say okay here this is this is a piece of architecture from this city and you will see my piece and it's going to be it's going to mean something to yeah. you yeah i pick landmarks that have a historical context but also have an emotional context right like how many kids have gone to tell us world of science yeah and like me as a kid went to tell us world of science so, like, I have a good memory of that. So I'm sure other people do too, right? And it's those kind of interconnections that would be awesome. I think it'd be fun to do a series of, um, what, and not, they're not, they're, they're infamous, but not necessarily famous, like Dancing Dan or, like, Rollerblade guitar guy or, or the yeah, yeah. old guy with a bicycle with all the decorations yeah, yeah. like those people are like super unique crazy people that are in our city and like wouldn't that be fun to document them Absolutely. somehow yeah right yeah. so like and some come and go right like just due to whatever but yeah. like that's the flavor of our city it right is there. yeah no i'd love to see that yeah it'd be Put fun little action list. figures <laughs> put it on your list yeah yeah exactly. all right jason well thanks so much for uh, doing this with us and, uh, yeah, no problem thanks to jason blower for sitting down with me for our third episode audio and visual is recorded produced and hosted by me jay bigham the audio and visual theme music is called good day it's written by kim lincoln for more information on jason to hear all our episodes visit audioandvisual.ca Follow us on Twitter at Audio and Visual and visit Facebook.com slash Audio and Visual.